Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee Dan. Hey there, cutie pants. <laughs> Am I as studly as the statue of David or what? What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's kind of an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio that I've been running for quite some time now. Also, if you need DJ services in the Arkansas area, please consider DJLittleRock.com. Thank you so much for hanging out here. With me on What Makes You Famous. Yeah, What Makes You Famous. Everyone has a story to tell. If you'd like to tell your story, give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at radiowhat.com. Today on the program, yeah, it's Easter Sunday. I'm so excited. I have Billy Crayoni on the line. Yeah, Billy Crayoni. I've known him probably since the mid-2000s. And he has had such an amazing dance music career, dabbling in all the different tastes of dance music, freestyle to EDM to jungle beats. And he's done so much collaboration with a lot of the artists from that were very uh, popular in the 80s. And of course, a lot of them are still popular today, at least in my eyes anyway. But uh, Billy Crayoni, he was so nice to come on the program. So without further ado, let's get into it. Calling Billy Crayoni. Hello, Billy Crayoni. There we go. There yeah, we go. Cool. All right. Keys down on the What Makes You Famous podcast. What's hey. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just uh, I, I called you out of the blue because uh, I, haven't, I haven't spoken to you in a while, and I don't know what you're up to. And I know that you're a great music artist, but I don't know a lot about you, a lot about where your background is. Are you in the mood to tell your story? Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> well, all right then. Uh, I know I've been playing your music on RadioWhat.com for quite some time, and, and, and I love it because it's really good dance music. But uh, where where did you begin? Where where are you from? Uh, yeah, let's start where, where you were born. Well, I was born Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where I'm from, Lawrence, Massachusetts. What makes the distinction? <laughs> what? What makes the distinction? What makes the distinction? Yes, that um, you, were, you were born in one place, but you're from another place. Yeah, because I was born in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I only lived there for like, until I was two years old. Okay. And then I, then my mom moved back to Massachusetts where her family was. Okay, okay. A- and uh, mom and dad, what do they do? Uh, it's just my mom. Okay. Um, yeah, she's a retired person. <laughs> a retired person. Just retired from yeah. some some job, some kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah, uh, in the nursing field for many many years. Ah, that's a great job. My mom's a nurse. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. a, a it's good. You take care of people. You save lives. You you, you yeah. make people comfortable, and that that's a good place. I mean, okay, and that's a good person to grow up with. Then 
I'm I'm presuming, of course. Uh, Definitely. You grew up in in Massachusetts. Yeah. How's the the early life there? Um, as a childhood, childhood, yeah. it was it was excellent. I loved it, especially growing up in the '80s as a teenager. That was 80s. the best part of my life. <laughs> I'm still you, stuck in the '80s. <laughs> you know that's right. I come from the '80s. I'm here to help. And I see that you're. Yeah, I noticed that you perform with with some '80s artists, and uh, we'll get into that, I'm sure, a little bit later. But uh, certainly, uh, growing up, you had a lot of friends. Uh, my circle was small, as it is today. Okay. You know? Hobbies. Hobbies. Um, collecting music, Smurfs. You know, stuff like that that I still do today. <laughs> hey, see, that's a long time hobby right there. And it turned into yeah. some kind of a profession. So, uh, okay. So you spent your whole young life, your whole school life in in uh, Massachusetts? Yeah. Summers, I would go to Maine, but for the rest of my life as a teenager and stuff in Massachusetts. Who did you know in Maine? I had family up there. I lived in Amish country. <laughs> Amish country. Were they Amish? Um, I don't know, but they lived a lifestyle. That's pretty cool. All right. I mean, I could see that. I, I don't know if I could do it all, you know, full time, but taking a little break, maybe a couple of months and just, you know, push a horse and carriage. Sure. Why not? Let's give yeah, it a shot. Sure, it was fun. Get I off the grid. It 7, but it was fun while it, you know, the summer times, it was good. <laughs> well, that's cool. See, now I'm learning what, you know, the whole reason that I made this podcast is to learn about people. And I know that you have a story. You definitely have a story. And okay, so you went through high school uh, collecting music and Smurfs. And did you get into music in high school? Um, let me see how it started. Was in seventh and eighth grade, I started songwriting. Yeah. And in the freshman year of high school, I remember there being a music class. They had that old reel to reel to record demos on and stuff. Yeah. And. Um, I had a 45 by Howard Jones called No One Is To Blame. And on the B side, there was an instrumental track called The Chase. Yes, there and was. And I used to write my own lyrics to that. And they actually let me record my vocals on his instrumental on, on the reel to reel, you know? So it was like my very first time like oh. recording something, you know, to hear my voice on a song, you know? <laughs> oh, I definitely know about reel to reels. I know how to splice. That's for sure. So, okay. So that was your, your beginning. Cause I know that you, you do some covers uh, and, and we'll definitely get into that. And, and you, you do some songs that were, that are eighties inspired, even though they're new songs, they're eighties inspired. And oh, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm class of 86 myself. So definitely I have an affinity and a love for the music of the eighties. So that was the first uh, song that you did was the Howard Jones song. Is that available anywhere? No, no, it's just something we did like a school project type thing, you know, just re writing lyrics and recording over an instrumental. And I just happened to choose Howard Jones instrumental. Very cool. Did Howard Jones ever find out about this? In fact, yeah. Back in 2016, I had the opportunity to meet him. And before I did, I made a huge Facebook post, tagged him in it and everything. And the night that I met him, I told him who I was and the post. And he read the post and he was um what was that word he said like it, it touched his heart basically i can't remember the exact wording he said but yeah he knew about it and he thanked me you know because i told him how much he inspired me i mean i even used to rock the howard jones haircut that's how, that's how much i was inspired by him yeah you did piled way high all right 
Now, what year was it that you made this song? Uh, the, that song was 1980. It's either 85 or 86. 85 or 86. Cool. And then tw- uh, 20, 20 years later? Are we going 20 years? Yeah, 20 years later, you, you meet up with him. Yeah, crazy, right? That is great. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, that's 30 years later. Oh, I'm getting old. I am getting old. Yeah, but... <laughs> I even have, even more, like I even have more connections to Howard Jones than just that. There was also a uh, pregnancy, pregnancy teen. Wait, how is it worded? Teen prevention, teen pregnancy prevention campaign that was going on at the local Lawrence General Hospital for teen. What was that thing called? That area, I don't remember. Um, but anyways, I ended up winning it, and I wrote. It was like create a slogan, and I put um, "You are still young." And I actually ended up writing a song called You're Still Young. And then they had this big event at the high school where the hospital was involved and everything. And it was a full audience. And I performed like Howard Jones with two keyboards and a drum machine. And I, I think I was even dressed like him at the time, too. I don't, I don't remember. But I recorded, I wrote and performed the song You're Still Young. And somebody got a recording of it. And it's actually on a demo CD that I put out years ago. <laughs> that is so cool. So I'm imagining you there uh, with your two keyboards and your drum machine in a string bean tie and a, maybe a jacket looking very yep. Howard Jonesy. Yep. Hair sure, piled up. Jacket was red and it was a lot of pins on the jacket. I remember that too. Man, now that's cool. See, now we're, we're getting into the very beginnings of where Billy Crayoni started his little music career. And okay, so seventh and eighth grade or seventh or eighth grade, somewhere around 85 or 86, you wrote your first song. Where did you go from there? Um, basically, I've been writing for a long time. In fact, it was 1985, eighth grade, where, now this is going to kind of blow your mind, but I've saved every song I've ever written in these folders, like Trapper Keeper folders. Yeah, that blows and, my mind. And one of the songs was called Green, and I've always had that song, The Hook, stuck in my head and then one day I was um, Gloria Estefan is my mentor and I was singing it to her one day and I said I can't get the song out of my head and she's like you need to bring it to life so when I was recording the album Green which was originally going to be called Dance Control by the way but she kind of talked me into changing it to the green but anyways um, I ended up recording it and it came out as a techno pop single and it's better than anything I've ever imagined recorded in Germany excellent producers and it was all because she insisted, that suggested that I record that song and bring it to life some 30 years later or whatever. Gloria Estefan is a nice lady. She's pushed up a lot of artists over the years. And I'm very yeah. happy that she got a hold of you and pushed you up as well. Oh, yeah. She's been a very good mentor to me. Oh. She even, um, I don't remember what year it was, but the, I think it's 2011. I got recognized here in the city where I'm from. Um with like an award and all this type of stuff. And she even had a statement that was read out loud. It's on my website now on my biography page, her statement that was read at this event. And I was just like, wow, mind blown, you know, giving me props for my recordings, running my own record label, my charity work and everything that I've ever done. Cause she knows everything that I do. So, so cool. that was something that was like, boom, well, you know, <laughs> so cool being from Miami. I la, 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 love Gloria Estefan and Emilio for that matter. Yeah, (laughs) good people (laughs) and they definitely uh, do support music artists and they try to find new talent and 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 raise them up as well okay so we're in we got a trapper keeper full of songs 
and we're in uh, heading for high school. What are we doing now? Okay, so, so well, the, the music class I already told you about. So, anything else happened? I don't think nothing else happened until I was out of high school, and it wasn't until 1991. Okay, where my aunt had moved down to Fort Lauderdale, and she invited me to go down there. She went to a church. Johnny O was the pastor, and they were friends. And she wanted to introduce me to Johnny O. Johnny O, and my man, dream boy. I, I went down there, met him several times, actually. But um, on a side, something else had happened because I told her I was like, I wanted to record and everything, and it was just a topic of conversation. But one day, she surprised me, and she says, "Um, we, I have, I found a studio I want to bring you to." to check out and i was like okay so it was in north miami it was called debonair debonair studios oh yeah and um i went down there and then the guy the producer his name was claudio barella and out of nowhere he's like do you want to record something and i was like huh <laughs> meanwhile i got all these songs in my head and i couldn't think of a song to record what so i happened i happened to have a letter that was on me that i was writing for my aunt's at the time boyfriend it was like a breakup letter yeah. So I ended up pulling that out, changing the lyrics around, and it became the song Girl Hang It Up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's how that song was born. <laughs> and this is 1991. Magic happened. 1991. And uh, then it was released on 200 cassette singles. Remember those? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> kind of hard to DJ off singles. of those, though. Uh, I know, huh? And then um, it was released off 200 cassette singles. And then I did like this little East Coast tour where I was doing roller rinks and nightclubs and community events and stuff like that and i broke my leg because i had bought a motorcycle got into a crash broke my leg came back here to massachusetts and i had a full leg cast from like the top of my leg to my ankle and i was still performing and at this time uh, janet jackson was very popular and that missing much video where she's dancing with the chair we actually worked that into our dance routine so i can continue dancing that is <laughs> with excellent a full leg cast. <laughs> See, you work around things. The show must go on. Now, has it always yeah. been dance music, or are there other genres of music that you, you've been interested to in? Dance music, but all genres of dance music. Right. Pop, house, style, techno, you know what I mean? Like a little bit of everything. Right. You dip or dip your feet in, in many different parts of it. And, and, yeah. and all the songs, you know, even though they have good, a good beat, very danceable, they do sound a little bit different. Every one of them. It, they give you a, a different feel, a different flavor, and you add different elements of different styles of music in each one. So that's cool. So, all right. So we're recording in 1991. You meet Johnny O. You're at, uh, De was it, what record record label was it? Debonair. Debonair. Yeah. And, and Debonair Studios, yeah. Debonair Studios. All right. Where are we going from here? Yeah, okay. And that's right. You're, you're touring uh, the skating rinks, which is great because one of my first jobs as a DJ was in a skating rink and that was fantastic you know so yes um, i have an affinity an affection for skating rinks as well <laughs> so yeah i did those and then throughout the night well i did have a second cassette that single that was released the following year called show me what you got show me what you but got. i don't remember much of it at all you know <laughs> okay um and then throughout the 90s i was recording songs here and there like all over the place didn't do anything with them until 1999 when I launched an independent label called Lawtown Records and I put out my first album myself. And it, it was a limited, like 100 copies type of thing, which is very rare now. 
And in fact, it's very much in demand by my fan club, fan base, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. (laughs) That it it was reissued a couple of years ago with bonus tracks and everything. See, now that's cool. All right. So, all right. We got some records out there. And I'm guessing that one did fairly well when it first came out or... No, it didn't do anything. It was like, you know, the, the internet wasn't really thing. It's not on iTunes. Right. Uh, Girl Hanging Up was not included on it. You know, it was just, it should have been included on it, but it wasn't. But um, it, it didn't do anything, really. It wasn't until my next album, which was self-titled, and I teamed up with Latin artist Dominic Marte. Okay. Who's also from here, and we're childhood friends and everything, but... He's a big uh, Latin superstar now in the bachata world. You're you know? saying he's from he's from Massachusetts? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Got a big Latin yeah. population up there? Oh, yeah. Very. Very <laughs> cool. Hey, I mean, I, I only know I'm Cuban from, from Miami, so I, I didn't think there was any other Latins anywhere else. <laughs> At least not that oh, far yeah. north, anyway. <laughs> yeah, Boston, New York, yeah. Well, sure, for sure. New York, for sure. Uh, Yeah, that's a a big melting pot. Everybody's there. So, all all right. So you, you, you got your own record label. You say, you know, forget it. If I I can't get anybody else to to put out a lot of my records, let me put them out myself. Are you having some success there in, what is this, 2001, 2002? It was 1999. Oh, this is 99. And it was called Original Unique. And... The label itself became hip hop dominated because I had like a lot of rap artists on it and I was like the only dance artist and I wasn't feeling comfortable with that, you know, being a, you know, gay white boy living in an Hispanic hip hop dominated city. It just didn't feel right. So I shut it down. Oh, <laughs> and I, then hate when, I hate when they, they make me feel bad about where I am and who I am. Okay. And then it was, it was just very overwhelming and I wasn't getting comfortable anymore. I was just like, it didn't feel right. So in 2005, I launched Funusual Records, which is also the name of my publishing company through ASCAP. Yes, it is. And I, um, I did a self-titled album, was through Funusual in 2005. And like I said, I recorded with Dominic Marte and I recorded um, some other songs. Like in 1999 or 2000, I recorded another freestyle song called Touch Me All Over, okay. which was making, was making its noise online in the freestyle community but it didn't get an official release until 2005 and then i also did another one called drop those pants back in that at that time too 2000 2001 but again didn't get official release until 2005 and then following the 2005 album in 2008 i recorded an album called not a typo but not a typo in reference to the spelling of my name <laughs> right, and right, and I, I remember you using the, the crayon. You kind of, you kind of fell into it. You said, "All right, if some people are going to call me crayon, might as well use a crayon as as part of my logo." Yeah, the spell, the writing of my name was written in crayon. Yeah, yeah. Um, the song "Girl Hang It Up" did land on that album, but also what's really awesome to me is in 2007 during the recording of this album, I covered Cindy Lauper's "Change of Heart." Yes, you did. And I sent her a copy of it. I didn't hear anything back. I was just like, ah, whatever. And I also sent a copy to the original songwriter and she hit me back. She loved it and everything. Gave me props and all that. So it landed on the album released in 2008. So last year, very 10 years later, 
um, I get a message from Cindy Lauper on Twitter and she, she was like, Hey, um, are you going to release change of heart? It's been 10 years. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like what? Like, huh? You know, yeah. she invited me to Times Square for the photo shoot and a limited edition, like maxi single was put together, like a bunch of remixes. I think there's like 12 remixes for the song. And I had only a short run done. I didn't get to release it digitally or anything, right. but her encouraging me to release it like a 10th anniversary thing, even though we weren't going to market as a 10th anniversary thing, just put it out as a new single. Sure. You know, but, um, that was the experience with that. That was, <laughs> Hey, how, you know, not to be too much of a fanboy. how much, how bad, how bu- good was it to meet Cindy Lauper? Well, when I first met her, yes. it's weird how this happened. I was, uh, her and Boy George were doing a show together, and there was a big black bus, and we didn't know who it belonged to. Right. So we were just waiting, and this lady comes up, and she's like, Cindy wants to see you after the show. And I was like, huh? And she's like, right there with a laptop looking at you, black windows, black bus. I'm like, okay. The hat that I was wearing with my name on it came up in the Google search. Uh, and she's like, yep, that's him. So meanwhile, we go to, she gives us tickets to see the show and everything. And after this, after my phone died, so my, um, my son took the, the lady, the man, Cindy's manager's number and she texts him at the last song. So tell you guys to go backstage, um, after the song. And I did, and it was really dark. And all I can remember seeing is this short lady with tight black clothes and bright pink hair walking towards me. And I was like, the first words out of my mouth were, you know who I am? She's like, you're Billy fucking Crayoni. <laughs> yeah. In her little squeaky like, voice. Oh my God. And she's like, she's been following me on Twitter and following me on YouTube and everything. And I did not know this. You know? Oh, that so is like, great. Okay. My son just walked in. It's a bit loud now. <laughs> oh, that's all right. That's all right. It adds a little flavor to the podcast. <laughs> so cool. All right. Well, so we got Cindy Lauper, and you made the change of heart, and you put that out in 2005. Finally, on the Fun Usual record, and how, how many how many rec- how many songs were on that that record? Actually, that one that one not a typo came out in 2008. Not a typo but, was 2008. Okay, it was um like a radio edit versus remixes type of thing. So okay, like, I think it was six and six, like twelve track total, maybe or. 14, I don't remember, but the same amount of original album versions, there was also in a remix for each one. Okay, I think this is about the, the time that, that I got familiar with you, really familiar with you. I, know, I think I'd heard a little bit about you before, but finally you were sending some songs to some of the terrestrial radio stations that I was uh, involved in, and I was able to put your, your music out in Miami. and That, that was good for me, and, and hopefully you enjoyed it as well. So... All right, so not a typo. Was that a, a pretty successful album? Would you imagine? Would you say it was okay? But the one that really took off was the one that came after that, the Presto album. Okay. Was, and and what year was this? Presto was recorded in 2010, but it was released in 2011. Okay, so Presto that uh, it became more successful. It's good to that the success is getting bigger and bigger as time progresses and you're, yeah, you're climbing up. Believe it or not, at that time, I was really close friends with Lisa Lisa and yes. it was her idea for me to do the album Presto and to feature a lot of 80s artists. 
And I was like, oh, you know, that'd be a good idea. And I was like, well, I do know quite a few. And she knew a lot, too. And of course. You know, it's Lisa, Lisa. And then um, I ended up recording, like, the first single that came out before the album was released was the one I did with Tiffany. It's okay, boy. Yes. And then I also recorded with uh, Samantha Fox, Boy George, Salt and Peppa, New Shoes. Um, oh, my God. I can't think. Yeah. And I know I was also supposed to record with Rob Bass, Nocera, and Orange Juice Jones, but that didn't happen because the album was already done. Oh, <laughs> there's still future. There's still future. You know? Yeah, and Noel, he was on standby too. Oh, so yeah. Man. So all right, Dan, you recorded all this in in Miami and in, in the Fort Lauderdale area. You said, uh, no, in Boston. This is all in Boston. Yeah. See, and now I thought that a lot of those artists were from Miami, or they New yeah. York. Uh, Samantha's from the UK. Boy George is from the UK. Right. Is in New York. Right. Yeah. And they all traveled to you. Well, a lot of the stuff was done, like, not in the studio, but, like, they would do their parts over there, and it would be sent over here, and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> oh, that is the wonder of the internet. The The whole world yeah. is coming together. You don't even have to I be in the same room to make hits together. Yeah, the very first time I ever heard of such a thing was when Monica and Brandy did The Boy Is Mine. Right. One of them did their part in Atlanta, the other one did it in Los Angeles. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so cool. I'm like, <laughs> Isn't it though? <laughs> so okay, did you ever get to meet all of these artists uh, at at any point? Oh yes, of course, definitely. I mean, because uh, meeting boy George, hello, Tiffany, Tiffany, hello. Yeah, Tiffany. Like, oh my god, we've had like quite a few in person meetings before we started recording because um, it's okay, boy. It was about that time when uh, a lot of the gates besides like from bullying and stuff like that. And I told her what I wanted to do. So we had several meetings about it before we even actually got in the studio and started recording. Yeah. And she was totally with it. So that's what, that was that, that, that is what that one was about. <laughs> She's in, in Tennessee, right? Somewhere around there. Yeah. She lives in Tennessee. Yep. That's what I thought. Cause I know Scott Hazlitt and he, he's good friends with her and, and they live in, in the same area. He moved up there to be closer to the action, I guess. Yeah. So, oh, so all right. So you you got this album Presto with all these uh, artists that were big in the eighties, and that is your biggest hit, the biggest record to date. Where do we go no. from here? That was like at that point, that was my biggest one. Yes. Then, and that was two thousand eleven, two thousand sixteen. I recorded the Green album. Okay. The Green was produced in Germany by. Well, it started like this in twenty fifth in October of twenty fifteen. They hit me up wanting me to record a cover of the Mr. Mr. Classic, Is It Love? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I guess it did really well over there on the club circuit. So they hit me up in January wanting to produce my new album, but they wanted exclusive exclusivity to it, like producing every track on the album. Right. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. I got no problem with that. You know, so I had a whole bunch of songs ready. I even... You know, with Gloria saying, go with the green song, which I did. Um, Text Me No More is like today's answer to Girl, Hang It Up, like a modern version, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I redid the song Mixed Signals, which is also on my 2008 album, uh, not a typo, but I redid it with Shauna, freestyle artist Shauna. Okay. Um, I've known her forever before she was even famous with I Want You. I've known her, you know, way back in the day, um, high school. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, I recorded with April. Um, 
Freestyle Artist April. We have a song called I Need You on the Green Album. Okay. Um, what else is on there? A song called Dance Control, which is very 80s inspired with the, re- the has a heavy remix feel with the scratching and samples and all this stuff. Like it really takes you back to the old 80s stuff. Um, God, I can't even think what else is on there. But Green is my favorite album. And not only is it my favorite album, but it's my first album to be released on vinyl. Something I've never had. I've had 12 inches, 7 inches, and even picture discs. But I've never had a full-length studio album on vinyl. Yeah. This was my first one manufactured in France. So it's a freaking import from France. <laughs> and, and yeah, by this time, vinyl is, is done yeah. pretty much. And, mm-hmm. and you have a, a vinyl record in 2016. Yeah. And then... Um, the vinyl thing is going so good that I actually took nine of my most popular songs from my back catalog, had them newly remixed, and I put out a new album called Dream to Reality, which is coming out on yellow vinyl next month as a UK import. Oh, we got something coming up real soon then. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Oh, oh, but it doesn't end there. Let me tell you. <laughs> In okay. May, I have a couple of releases. I have the Dream to Reality yellow vinyl. My first single, um, Boy Kiss Boy, which is, it's an ode to self-love. It's not a gay thing like people think. It's like me, me kissing myself in the mirror and getting self-love. No, I see um, it here on the banner. Boy Kiss Boy. What a, a good logo to have right up, right up here on your banner, on your website. Thank you. But yeah, that's the first single from my upcoming album that's due out later this year, like this fall. But now, you know all the drama that's been going on with CBB and the freestyle community, and I was managing the original Giggles and working on the I Love Freestyle Music Tour and all this stuff, and there was so much drama. There's always drama that, in the freestyle community. Oh, dude, I'm the I'm original Giggle. No, I'm the original Angel. No, I'm the original Cover Girl. No, I'm the expose for real. No. <laughs> it got to a point where I was getting death threats, you know, like, and I was the target, not Maria, original Skiggles, but me, because I was managing her. And it just got so That's Maria Respeto, right? Yeah. It yeah. just got so out of control and she stepped back from the music scene again. And I like I don't I didn't want nothing to do with freestyle. I was just like, I'm so over it. And then Stevie B went on and made that rant saying how, you know, new school artists and even some old artists shouldn't be putting up this horrible music and whatever, whatever. I basically commented on one of his live feeds and said, who are you to, who are you to say who can write, record, release, and perform the music they want? No one needs your approval. And because I wrote that, he hit me back in a private message calling me a jackass and that I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh. And I'm like, really? Well, so I've heard, like, heard the escapades I- of people having run-ins with TVB, and I know when I met him, he was... He was very cordial, and it was at a freestyle show in 2008, and, and he seemed, you know, real nice. He took a picture with me. We chatted for a little bit, but but then I, after I did that, people kept telling me, oh, that's Stevie B. He's, he's a piece of work. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've met him before in person, too. I got all my CDs signed by him and everything. I thought he was cool at the time, too, but you never really know, you know? Huh? But anyways, um, so... I, I was like, a fan hit me up and she was like, Billy, you should put out a freestyle album. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I don't want nothing to do with freestyle right now. Okay. And she goes, but you have enough music to do it. And I was going through my stuff last night between regular songs, uh, remixes, and a brand new song that was supposed to be on my next album. I decided to pull it from that. And I put together a compilation of Billy Crayone freestyle songs. And I have a 10-track CD coming out on May 17th, no, May 10th of freestyle. And it's called because I can. 
the freestyle collection. <laughs> yes. All right, man. And I'm looking at that. It's right there on your on your front page. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's going to have the notes, inside the CD liner notes. I said what I had to say, which is more or less along the lines of what's there next to the poster about it. But I had to, you know, I guess if I didn't say his name on my CD, but everybody will know who I'm talking to if they follow freestyle, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and if they listen to this podcast, they'll know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. Um, anything. Okay. After green, was there another album after that? The one that I'm working on now, which this will be is called Half-Life Boy Kiss Boy, and it's coming out later this fall or early holiday season. Like, you know, I'm only halfway done recording, so I still got a way to go. <laughs> so exciting. Well, I'm looking at the, the track list on Because I Can, and you got a remix of, of Girl Hang It Up, Prove Your Love, Dizzy Boy. Dizzy Boy is great. And then chances are, that's not a remix, though. The, the rest of them are, oh, there's a few remixes and a few just regular songs dance songs right chances are is a new song that was supposed to be on my next album that i pulled from it to include on this instead okay and that's a good one yeah that's a brand new song no one's ever heard it before man i definitely got to listen to that put it on radiowood.com for sure <laughs> and that one's featuring april now i'm not familiar with april i, I i've heard of shanna but april where april, does she, she have april a last name numerous, no she just went by april she was on metropolitan back in the day some of her songs include Right on Time or Someone to Hold in the Middle of the Night. Someone I'm, to Hold Off. <laughs> I'm getting Billy uh, Crayoni singing in my ear. <laughs> and you are too, listener. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny you say that because recently, well, not, not too recent, but a while ago, Jade Starling from Pretty Poison, my favorite all time 80s band song is Catch Me I'm Falling. And I had her sing that to me on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, I I know, and Charlotte McKinnon, first time she sang Fascinated in My Ear. I know she was hanging around with the uh, Company B at the time, uh, and I know she's a she's the backup singer for, for Casey and the Sunshine Band as well, but she just kind of belted that out one day at a at a bar where we were doing some kind of promote, uh, remote, and she said, she, I'm fascinated by your love, boy, and I went, oh, come on. She just wailed it. And it it's so cool when the artist, uh, you know, you, you can get a good intimate feeling with the the people that you grew up with the people that you admire and you billy crayano you you get to actually sing and perform and be a part uh, have them be a part of your art yeah uh, you know you've been doing this since seventh and eighth grade since the early 80s really uh, uh, you know writing in your books and you got your trapper keepers full of songs so have you exhausted all the songs that are in your trapper keeper do you still have quite a few in there Oh, I still got quite a few in there. <laughs> I mean, are you always working? You're always p writing, or, or are you just using up those Trapper Keeper songs? Well, no, I write too. Like, uh, like I also um, like on this new album that I'm doing now. I wanted to write new stuff, but I did end up going to back to my Trapper Keeper, and there is a song called "Tomorrow Is Too Late," which I originally recorded back in '93. It's one of my demo songs, but I wanted to redo it with a more modern feel. Not really modern, but more of an 80s feel, you know? Yeah. And I, re I redid that one. So I did go back to my Traffic Keeper for as long as the new album. <laughs> you know, it was funny. I was DJing an 80s party uh, last year, and a, a, a young lady came up to me, probably in her early 20s, and she said, hey, how come they don't make any new 80s songs? I said, think about the question you just said. Think about the question. <laughs> That's funny. But I do admire the the eighties feel that that you go back to 
more synthesizers, more uh, electronic drums. I know that real drums is definitely the way to go. You're paying an artist, but electronic drums was definitely part of the 80s feel and, and a lot of synthesizer and guitars and, and big hair. And I see that you you still keep I, I'm, I'm looking at a, 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 your promo picture from Because I Can and you got your hat on with with your blue hair. And if you knew how many suspenders and bow tie combinations that I had, you, you, you know, just look at my Instagram and you'll see, oh, look at that. He wears suspenders and bow ties all the time. <laughs> but I admire your style, Billy Crayoni. I admire it a lot. So going from here, where are we going? Do we have any other stories to impart? Um, that I can think of, not really at the moment. I'm just focusing on next month because I got these three releases coming out, and it's like <laughs> this one, that one, and that one, you know. And I'm still working on the album that's coming out later this year, you know. Are you thinking about so, having big parties for the release, or at least a, a small, maybe intimate get together for the release uh, somewhere in Massachusetts, I perhaps? Thought, I haven't even thought about that because I've got so much going on that I really don't have the time. The only way, the only reason I'm really talking to you right now is because it's Easter Sunday and I'm, 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 I'm at my mother's house. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. That, family, you know, so. Well, yeah, <laughs> and here I was Easter Sunday. I had all the recording equipment set up and I was like, I need to find somebody to, to give a chat to. And I'm so glad that Billy Crayoni is available. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so you say, what's the name of the, the next album that's coming out is the next album Next month is the Yellow Vinyl Dream to Reality, the UK import, UK which is import. nine new remixes of stuff from my back catalog. Okay, and then the one because then, because I can, because I can. That's the freestyle album that's coming out next month as well, February ten. I mean May ten, February ten. <laughs> you <laughs> got then, a lot of stuff going on, Billy Crayoni. Then May seventeen is the maxi single for Boy Kiss Boy, the first single from my upcoming album that's due out later this year. <laughs> Excellent news, Billy Crayoni. Anything to uh, any last words of wisdom to impart to the people of what makes you famous? Hey, I don't know. Keeping dance music alive. And something I do want to say that I get questioned a lot is I am not a freestyle artist. I am a dance music artist. It just so happens that I have some freestyle songs under my belt, including my very first one, 1991's Girl Hang It Up with Lunch. You know what I mean? I grew up on freestyle. I have a love for freestyle, but I look at myself as a dance music artist, not a freestyle artist. <laughs> I agree. I agree because every song that I hear, it has different flavors, different pieces of, of different parts of dance, EDM and, and just electronica and, and bass. And oh my goodness, just, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, I encourage you. If you haven't listened to Billy Crayoni, you uh, head over. Oh, how do they find you, Billy Crayoni? On, online and social media and all? Um, well, always look for the verified accounts on Twitter. Uh, hashtag, what is it? I mentioned whatever that circle A thing is. B-Y-L-L-I uh, crayon with the E at the end. So it's Billy with the I and the Y in reverse, crayon, and then E at the end. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, anywhere else? I don't know. And then there's also BillyCrayoni.com and my online store, the official online store is CrayoniMusic.com. And you're very active out there. It was a complete pleasure to talk to you, Billy Crayoni. I, I'm so glad to catch up with you. And I know, you, I told you, every album that you've talked about, it just gets better and better and better. And I see nothing but greatness for this next album coming out. All the best to you, Billy Crayoni. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on to What Makes You Famous. We'll talk later. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, wow. That was so exciting talking to Billy Crayoni. He's got some stuff that's upcoming, so make sure you check him out on the web at billycrayoni.com. That's B-Y-L-L-I crayon with an E at the end. That's right. Look him up, and you can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. He's very active, and he'll tell you all the stuff that's going on. And I, I encourage you, if you haven't listened yet, take a listen to Billy Crayoni. He's got so much cool collaboration with a lot of artists. And he, yeah, he mentioned Gloria Estefan and Tiffany and Boy George and Samantha Fox. Yeah, all these artists that were, were, were just heroes of mine in the 80s when I was just a wee tot in high school. <laughs> Very formative. And thank you. Thank you so much. And good luck on your upcoming uh, release party. That's a release. That's coming up real soon. I encourage you to head over to BillyCreoni.com and also CreoniMusic.com to find out more about Billy Creoni. Thank you so much to you, the listeners of What Makes You Famous. And if you'd like to tell your story on What Makes You Famous, I encourage you to do so. Give me a call at 501-470-6386. Leave a message. Set up a time. Or you can email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for this episode of What Makes You Famous. I'm Keys Dan with radiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What, the music you want. Hey, guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. DVDs are the same diameter and thickness as a CD, but a DVD can store 13 times or more data. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. Hey, Keys Dan. What you doing? My line. I'm playing the best music by request. 24 hours a day. Click on the request tab at the top of RadioWhat.com. RadioWhat.com. RadioWhat.com.